Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Whitestone Relationship Recovery Radio. Welcome. This is Whitestone Radio Program, our initial program coming to you live from an undisclosed location in St. Tammany Parish of Louisiana. And being our first program, I'd like to go into the background of our program or the basic foundation of our program in um, found in relationships. Life is about relationships. Jesus Christ promised us an abundant life. He said in John 10, 10, I've come to give them life and life abundantly. Abundantly means rich and satisfying, fulfilling life. And the rich and satisfying, fulfilling life is found uh, proportionally in the characteristics of love expressed in relationships. The love I'm talking about is a uh, love that God gives to the believer, a love uh, that he uh, gives to the believer when they become a child of God. They get, God gives them his love. And Jesus Christ was asked, what was the greatest law that uh, uh, there is? And he told them in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus said the whole Bible, the whole Bible is based on these two commandments. Loving God first and then loving your neighbor as yourself. But the action, the verb in both of these commandments, and there there are no other commandments according to Jesus, is love. And this love, is first to be directed toward God, then the second priority is to, to uh, work direct toward man. But it's all based on relationships. All of life and all the commandments uh, and the fulfilling of God's commandments is based on love expressed in relationships. And first and foremost, the relationship with God. Now, uh, accordingly, the most the highest priority should be a relationship with God. And I believe the Christian community today is missing out on teaching that, encouraging other people uh, along those lines, and and to practice it in their life. Uh, we're always hearing about all of these uh, seminars and teachings about how to get along better with your spouse and your children and your neighbor. But I, I don't know whether people or teachers or leaders, spiritual leaders think that, well, it's just a given that people are loving God, when I really don't believe they are. I really don't think they are. They're they're trying to love their neighbor, and uh, it's impossible to love your neighbor because you're not practicing the first command, which is to love God. And so, uh, the first thing I'd like to talk to to everybody tonight about is loving the Lord, or the first commandment: to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Jesus said, "This is the first commandment." Well, how do you love God? Well. God, uh, Jesus said that we're to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Well, according to the scriptures, uh, our heart, mind, and soul is in our brain. Uh, our heart is our will. Our heart is the sp- our spirit. And that is the part that's intangible, that is the spiritual part of our being, that 
communicates with God, uh, that comes up with revelations from God, inspirations from God, ideas, that is the, the core of our being, is our heart. And then our soul is the, uh, our brain, physically the basic organs of our body. And uh, that includes our blood, which is the uh, movable organ of, in our body. That's our soul. And that's, if I was using it to explain it a little bit further, it's like our memory bank uh, or like our hard drive in a computer. Our soul is where a lot of our memory is stored, a lot of information is stored, and then uh, it's brought out uh, or picked out uh, by our heart for examination, for a um, uh, reasoning and rationalization, and then it's, we come to conclusions, and that's the activity of our mind. And so God said that we're to love him with our heart, our mind, and our soul. And all of that activity is to be uh, directed toward him first and foremost. Well, our heart is where our will comes from. And according to what Jesus said about our will in the, in the prayer in Matthew chapter 6, that he said, look, pray after this manner. He says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And one of the basic teachings of Christianity is that we surrender or submit our will to God's will. We submit our heart to God uh, for his will to be done uh, through us. That's a basic teaching of Christianity. But it also is a basic teaching of how to love God. And then our soul. We love God with our soul, our emotions, our affections. He's, uh, we're told in Colossians chapter uh, 3 that we're to set our affections on things above, not on things of this world. And brothers and sisters, I believe there's a lot of stuff going on that we're, we're directing our affections toward the stuff of this world at the cost of setting our affections on God and truly loving him. And loving him not just on Sunday morning or not when we hear our favorite Christian song coming on the radio but, um, or on our iPhone or iPod or whatever, our MP3 player, but we're to love him in our heart, we're, according to Ephesians, we're to sing praises to him um, all the time. In Ephesians 5.19, the Bible tells us to sing to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our heart to the Lord. So that's how you love God. You love God by singing to him, praising him. Um, and then it says in Ephesians 5.20 to thank him, to thank him always for all things. Now, I know that's a hard one. I know that's uh, uh, sometimes when uh, if I get a traffic ticket or something, uh, it's hard to thank God for that. Uh, and it's a traffic ticket or, or any disappointment in life, uh, it's hard to thank God for it. But he says, says to thank him always for all things. So by doing this, we, we are fulfilling the first commandment. So we, give, we set our affections on him. That's how we love him with our soul. We surrender our will to him. That's how we love him uh, with our heart. And then it says to love him with our mind. You and I are not supposed to uh, think for ourselves. You and I are not supposed to trust our own thinking. We're supposed to consult with God the Holy Spirit on every decision we make. As a matter of fact, we're to surrender ourselves to the point where we allow him to decide for us. 
He is our counselor. He is our teacher. He's the one, our first and foremost consultant on any decision or any choice of anything to be done in life. He is to be the one that is consulted and listened to and submitted to. And so by doing that, we love him with our mind. And so by studying God's word, by praising him in, his, in our mind, in our heart, by being focused on him and his will first and foremost, that's how you love him. Now, you don't need to go to seminary to learn that. You don't even have to go to uh, get a high school degree or GED. Matter of fact, the more childlike you become and the less educated uh, you become in your relationship to God, the more you're going to, easier it's going to be for you to fulfill the first commandment. My grandchildren, well, I mean, they're four or five years old. They can do it, uh, practice this. And they, they could probably uh, practice it uh, in, a, in a purer sense than, than adults can because they're not so self, uh, self-guided or educated in thinking they don't need God for certain things. But God wants us to be childlike. God wants us to be dependent on him. Like Jesus said, uh, you must come to him like a little child. And by doing that and surrendering our heart, mind, and soul and loving him and focusing on his will and loving him more than anything in this world and also consulting him for every decision to be made, that's how you practice the first commandment. That's how you can experience the love of God living through you into you and then through you. Then you know you're going to know how to love your neighbor. You're not going to have to wonder how to love the neighbor if the Holy Spirit is controlling you. If you've if you surrendered your heart, mind, and soul to the Holy Spirit, the love of God, which is the Holy Spirit, is flooding you from head to toe, and you're going to start experiencing the fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, gentleness, long suffering, uh, kindness, temperance. Uh, faith, you, uh, these the the uh, attributes of the fruit of the spirit. You're going to start experiencing, and by you experiencing them, other people around you, the your neighbor is going to experience it also. Your neighbor is going to experience the fruit of the spirit, and so it, the natural thing is is for to to fulfill the first com, uh, second commandment. Excuse me, second commandment. The natural uh, process is to fulfill the second commandment, to love the na- thy neighbor as thyself. They can't help but experience the love of God through you because the love of God is coming into you, therefore it's going to go through you. And so fulfilling the second commandment is to love thy neighbor as thyself is going to be easy to do. And so we can see this practice in a marriage. The marriage. The husband and wife relationship, that's the second commandment. If a man and a woman that are married are both believers in Christ and they are practicing the first commandment, then the second commandment is going to be a lot easier to fulfill because each person in that marriage has got a, a, a relationship, a, a first commandment fulfilled relationship with God. And so the second commandment is going to be easy to fulfill within that relationship. 
so that you are satisfied with a perfect relationship with a perfect person, the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to have the strength, the spiritual strength, to love your neighbor, your wife, your husband, who is imperfect, that does have uh, uh, problems and uh, is not exactly what you thought or what you want uh, the spouse to be, but the love of God overrides that uh, criticism or judgment so that you can love them in spite of their uh, faults. You can pray with them and for them. So um, the love relationship with your neighbor, which is your husband and wife, is fulfilled. And so uh, then there's a third uh, application of, of uh, the, well, actually a second application of the second commandment, and that's in your family. It's in your family. If you've got children, if you've got children, uh, then they should experience, you want to teach your children how to love, let them see it in mom and daddy. That is the best training you can give them for letting them experience the love of God in a relationship with your neighbor, is with mom and daddy. Mom and daddy are loving each other. Uh, the Holy Spirit's living through them, and they're loving each other. They'll, they'll know what's real. They'll know what uh, God's love looks like. Um, they can see it in the, your relationship with your children. And so that um, by practicing uh, the second commandment, the first commandment, the second commandment is going to be experienced by the family. And the family, the family is the home, is the, is the home, and the home is the first church. A lot of uh, families run off to uh, Sunday school or they run off to a local church and uh, they um, uh, commit their spirituality and their spiritual growth and their spiritual well-being to that professional minister um, to uh, fix them spiritually so they can get along better. And that's a lot of hogwash. The, the, the family, the father, is the pastor of the church, of the, uh, of the family, the first family church. In the home, that's where the spiritual teaching should be done, by the father. And the mother is the encourager. She's the one that makes sure that it, it is accomplished. So that uh, when they go to church, when they fellowship with other believers in a local group of believers, they're not looking to be spiritually fed uh, by uh, so much as they're looking to minister to someone else and to encourage the other person uh, in love and good works. That's what the church is for. But the first church and the spiritual uh, growth of, uh, of a person is first and foremost with a private personal relationship with God, with loving him, as we said already, with your heart, mind, and soul. Then it is to uh, the father's responsibility to teach his children, his wife, um, so that they see God's love living through them and to them, uh, and so that they can understand what the love of God is about and in loving thy neighbor, and so that they want to have a personal relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, and so that when they get together as a family, look, uh, Barna, who uh, does researches on spiritual or Christian or religious uh, uh, subjects, uh, 
came up with this conclusion about uh, the study they made was that over 99% of marriages succeed. Less than 1% of marriages fail where the, the person has a personal relationship with God, the husband has a personal relationship, the wife has a personal relationship, and they also have a time of uh, prayer each, each day together, each day together. And then if there's children involved, they have a time of uh, prayer as a family together each day. So they have a personal time of prayer uh, to God and devotion to, uh, to God. Then they, secondly, they have every day a family time of prayer and devotion together. And then once a week, they go to a local fellowship uh, for fellowship with other believers. That structure of lifestyle... 99% of the families succeed. The marriages do not fail. Less than 1% of marriages fail that practice that behavior, that lifestyle. And that's because God, that's how God built us. That's how he created us. That's how he made us to love him first and foremost and then to love our neighbor as ourself. It's a, it's a, it's a lot easier. If we practice loving God first and foremost in our life with our heart, mind, and soul, then it'll be a natural thing for us to love our neighbor as ourselves. We'll know how to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, I was doing a group, and we was going over the scripture in a Bible study uh, in a hospital, a psychiatric hospital. It was a uh, you know voluntary Bible study, and uh, one of the ladies that was in there, she was in her mid fifties, say, and she says, "Yeah, look at me. I, I loved my kids. I did for them. I did without for them." And look what he got me. I'm in this nut house. And, and she was, you know, really all stressed out and uh, stressed out about it. And I told her, I said, well, ma'am, actually, you disobeyed the second commandment. You loved your kids more than yourself. You did for them when you, you wouldn't, uh, 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 and they treated, you allowed them to treat you like you would never treat them. That's not loving them as yourself. You allowed them to abuse you. That's loving them more than yourself. So, again, that's, a disobey, uh, uh, that's disobeying the second commandment. But if you don't practice the first commandment of loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, you don't know how. You don't have the ability. You don't have the strength. You don't have the wisdom to love your neighbor as yourself. You, you're lopsided about it. And so we got all of this therapy, and we got all of these classes and seminars and all these books and all of these specialists on how to, how to uh, self-help, uh, how to do this and how to do this better, when God, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave it to us point-blank, basic terms, easy to do, easy to follow, no education needed, just a heart that is totally, is, is surrendered to him. Then, by doing that, then we can get on with fulfilling the, the only two commandments, uh, and we can get on to a life that is satisfying, that is fulfilling, that is rich with, abund uh, uh, with accomplishments. So that is the basis of Whitestone Relationship Recovery Program. That is the basis of Whitestone Fellowship, is the fulfilling or the practice of these two commandments and to encourage others and to teach others how to do this. And so... Um, 
God bless you, and I hope to be hearing from you and talking to you in the near future. If you're like me, you may wonder, man, am I doing God's will today? Or how do I know God's will? Well, Brother John's going to discuss with us how to find out if we're doing God's will or how to know how to do God's will. Chapter uh, 6, and, and the, the prayer that he said, Lord, pray after this, pray in this manner. He said, uh, uh, We're to tell God every day, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And so, how am I going to know God's will? Well, I'm going to know God's will by getting up in the morning and before I start my day, take five to ten minutes. Get into the Word of God and say, God, what is your will for me today? Not what my, uh, what's your will for my husband, not your will for my wife, what's not, not your will for your kids. Uh, what's your will for me today? And so you get your sheet of paper, you get your composition notebook, and you write down the date. And if you know, if you're familiar with the scriptures, uh, read a psalm a day. Like uh, today's, uh, say today's the 10th. And on the 10th, you read Psalm 10. On the 11th, read Psalm 11. And while you're reading that Psalm, you say, God, speak to me. What is thy will for me today? Thy will be done through me today. And so you listen for him to speak to you. And you don't write down all the, your thoughts and all this other stuff and, and flowery sayings and poetry. You don't go into all of that. No, you listen for God to speak to you while you're reading the scriptures. And if your head's busy with uh, worries and cares and, and uh, thing, uh, things you've got to do during the day, write them down. Write them down. If you know it's not from God, you know it's not God's voice speaking to you, write it down so that it will clear up your mind to hear from God. And then you're going to hear from God, and he's, he's not wordy. He doesn't use a lot of words. Uh, he just, it might be two or three words. Might, he might tell you to be still. He might tell you, uh, you're doing good, son, just keep on going. He might tell you um, uh, to do something that day. When I used to work in a machine shop, I used to, before I'd go in to work that, uh, I'd, out in a parking lot, uh, before I go punch in, I'd sit out in the parking lot with my Bible and I'd read the Psalm or whatever day of the month it was, and I'd say, "Lord, what you will." And He would tell me, uh, set me up for the day, what problems I was going to have while I'd work, and so I would have a heads up and how He wanted me to solve them—a very practical thing to do. And so this developed my relationship with God, so I got to hear his voice on a regular basis. And while during the day, when he spoke to me, I knew his voice. I wasn't confused. I wasn't surprised. I was obedient, and I responded. That's how you practice and you develop an ear in your heart to hear God's voice and listening to him. Now, if you've never done this before, try it for three weeks. Don't quit until you've done it for three weeks. Young man, uh, I taught this too. He he uh, he didn't understand it, didn't believe it, but he kept on doing it for three weeks. And after three weeks, he got it. He said it took about 21 days, uh, Doctor John, and then I got it. And so, uh, do it for three weeks. In only five or ten minutes, write down what God is saying to you each day. Get another list, and and if things are you're worried about things, just write them down. Get them out the way. Get them out of your head, so you got a clear head. And that's how you love God, which you will. 
comfortable going to church. Uh, you don't feel like you fit in or that you're a part of that group of people. Or, uh, you know, there's a church here and a church there. Where do I go? This is uh, Brother John's example of, of how to worship God in everywhere you are. Listen. Worshiping God. I'd like to talk about, uh, again, another part of uh, loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And this part uh, about worshiping God, loving Him, uh, and worshiping Him with your emotions uh, by praise and thanksgiving. And the main thing I'd like to say first and foremost is that the place of worship is not in a building made by man, not in any facility made by man, but the worship center, the temple of God is made by God. It's your body. And your body is the place of worship. Your body is the temple. And your body is the first and foremost the place where we praise God, we thank God, we communicate with God. And I believe that your brain is the part and your mind is the sanctuary of God's worship center, the sanctuary of God's temple. Why does Satan want and this world want to distract you from worshiping God and consulting with God and praising God with the, uh, the, with the worship center? Uh, the brain with the mind, with distracting you with drugs, with alcohol, with pornography, with television, with the cares of this world. All of these things are to distract you and keep you busy from consulting and praising God in his worship center, which is your mind. Well, I'll, I'll prove it to you. You can go to, I'll go to Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. It says, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Right there in 2 Corinthians 6.14, God's word tells us that. And God's uh, word also in 1 Corinthians 6.19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Here's another one, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Holy and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? And again, finally, just a, a, a word from Jesus. Jesus said in, in John chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. This said the Jews, forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. So the place of worship, first and foremost, is in God's temple, which is your body. Your body belongs to God. So don't think that the only time that when you are worshiping God is when you go to some building called a church and that men have built and so that they can go and glorify themselves and pat themselves on the back for being there and for building this and think you're worshiping God. No, the place of worship is in uh, God's temple, which is our body. And that means that we are to be busy worshiping God in his temple 24-7. 
when you're driving down the street, we should be praising and consulting uh, and thanking God uh, in, in, the, in his temple, in the body. And if there is any concerns or cares that we have, we're immediately in his sanctuary, in the secret place of our temple, is to take it to God and, and allow and ca- uh, cast our cares on him. That's where it's done. Now, it's not about what your neighbor should be doing. It's about what you should be doing in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. When the Holy Ghost convicts you of something, then you take it, you discuss it with him in his temple. You don't have to run down to some building and talk to some uh, man behind a screen. And, and profession, uh, they have uh, professionalized uh, confession. No, you talk to the Holy Spirit. There is no. We can go right into the, uh, the, uh, the altar of grace. We can go right into the Holy of Holies because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have access directly to God the Father for confession of sin. You don't have to go to some other man. That's hogwash. That's man-made doctrine. That's, man, that's so that he can control you. No, we have a personal intimate relationship with God in his temple, which is our body. God bless you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our broadcast here. Uh, We'll be coming back. Uh, We're going to start broadcasting every Tuesday night uh, between 7 and 9 o'clock. We just hope you'll tune in. Uh, we will be taking questions and answer sessions. Uh, we just appreciate you listening. And uh, God bless you. And we pray that this program will help you in any way that you may need help. Have a good night.